uh, to camp, uh, we were very blessed to get Natalie as well. And so when I knew Natalie was coming, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity to interview both of you. Because uh, we're going to be asking all the juicy questions, right? Um, so, Andrew, we, we, we had a suggestion like um, uh, when it comes to uh, the love stuff. In between agape and filio, would it be better if there was a section saying romance? Yeah. Oh, what do you reckon? <laughs> that came from Al? Uh, and Tim. And Tim. Oh, at the top. At the top. Oh, yeah. Above you, Rob. You're asked about you become erotic. No worries. Take that out of the court. Let's just leave that out. All right, hey, um... So we want to, I wanted to interview and get some uh, um, answers. It may, it, they, they may look 20, 25, but they've had at least 85 years of ministry experience. No, I'm kidding. Um, tell us a little bit, like, uh, how long have you guys been married? Do you know? Yes. How many years? Many years. <laughs> <laughs> 17 this year. 17, cool. And uh, kids? Two. Two. Like that. <laughs> we have a daughter, Jade, who's 13. 14. Caleb, <laughs> <Boarding. laughs> um, who's 13. Yeah, fantastic. And, um, you know, many years of uh, pastoring experience. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, do you want to run us through a little bit of that? So My dad's say. a pastor, so I, I was born into AOG Church. Um, I, I was a youth leader pastor when I was 15. Um, I had 40 kids that were my peers, but I was their leader. <laughs> so from then until now, I've been pastoring and leading. And I'm 50 now. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and one thing I really love is the way, you, you know, you spend the time in the ministry with people, uh, especially for some of our younger guys and girls that are coming into the ministry. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom or... Uh, um, just practical recommendations on that front. You know, just you uh, watch your always in the minister in our church, and you, you take your, your time to spend with people. Yeah. Um, any thoughts or around that? Um, I think you know a little bit about what I talked about today. You know, just love. Um, it's always about people, and when it, whenever I minister or whenever I'm. Um, preaching or whatever, I try and put myself in your seat. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've got problems. I'm not perfect. Um, I've got family. I've got a wife. <laughs> um, and so I try, I try and um, do life with people. And if you want to be a leader or a pastor or, or anything, just try and keep that in mind. You know, you're, you're doing the journey with people. Yeah. And it keeps you level. It's not about the position, it's not about the pay, which is not much, but yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not about any of that. You know, we, at the end of the day, we love God, we serve God, and we're doing it together. Yeah. And so I think that has always kept me on the level. And, and you know, we want to talk a lot, a lot about you know, singleness and uh, marriage and family and all that, but before we go there, because we're talking about ministry a little bit, um, you know, sometimes, open question for those of you, sometimes, you know, uh, Ministry can become about the, the vision that you want to see, you know, uh, the, the larger vision. Uh, but it seems to me that you are very much, um, you know, you, you're always about the one, right? 
and, yeah. and um, because you know the temptation as leaders uh, or whatever leader is to is to see uh, what you would like it to be and then work towards that and almost miss what what, what the reason that you're doing for am I making sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing too is that um, the church is the people so it doesn't matter like right now today you're sitting here and this is the church um, and so without the people we can have the best program we can have the best strategy, we can have the greatest vision, but without the people, um, we don't have a church. No. So for us, it's always about um, being in a position where it is the one who makes the church and, yeah. and connecting with that one because it's, the, it's that connection and doing the journey with people in life um, that brings the church together, yeah. but also um, brings other people into the doors and and they see that mm -hmm. and then they see christ and um that's where they can come to a place of walking um with the lord yeah. Yeah. and i think look this is not just for ministers i think well in a sense we are all ministers right yeah. we're all ministers and each one of us when we are there on a sunday or you know any group of people really we, we've got to be about people mm -hmm. and particularly when you know when we're leaders and we're representing the church so now awesome hey um <clears throat> I want to go through a few different aspects of, you know, where, where we might be, uh, each person might be uh, relationally. Um, but some thoughts around uh, singleness and preparation for marriage, uh, for those of us who are single, out of um, uh, not being married yet, or widowed, or things like that. Um, some, some thoughts around uh, yeah, singleness and, and then being prepared, preparing for marriage. Yeah. Who would like to go first? <laughs> um, I'll be a, bit, a little bit vulnerable. Um, I didn't get married to Natalie until we, I was 32. Um, I'd been engaged once, almost twice. Not to Natalie. <laughs> so um, I got broken hearted twice. Um, and I got to the point where I thought I'd never get married. Uh, you know, I just, well, God, I, I don't understand. I've got this longing in my heart. And I had to do something with it, um, Kim. I just, you, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that I learned the most, from, you know, what we did this morning when we were just waiting on God. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy because there's a lot of distractions and there's a lot of things that will. I learned that really well, and I learned in my loneliness and my hurt and my hopes to go through it with God. Yeah. And go um, into God. Out of that, I learned so much. You, it's not something that you can go through a drive-through and get. You know, you can't get patience through a drive-through. Yeah. You've got to go through stuff. You know, and so yeah, all of that sort of stuff um, was really beneficial for me. I don't want to ever go through that again, yeah. um, and I don't need to. But you know what I'm saying. I think yeah. you've just got to learn to get close to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. He knows the desires of your heart. Yeah. Because he put them there. Yeah. Which means they're going to come to pass. Yeah. So whatever that desire is, if it's the will of God, it'll come to pass. Mm -hmm. So that should give you confidence that it'll happen. Yeah. Just keep trusting God. I can't do anything about tomorrow. And it's the same we were talking about before. When it comes to church and that, today's, today's today. Mm -hmm. I've got the vision. I know where we want to go. But you're important. Yeah. I just want to be with you today. And then tomorrow will take care of itself. The next day will take care of itself. And God can take care of that as well. Yeah. The more I trust Him, the more I leave it with Him, 
the quicker and the easier it gets. And I got the best. Another thing is um, ensuring that in your relationships, if you are, you know, dating someone or in a relationship with someone, is is putting those godly boundaries um, in your life and um, making sure that you're sticking with those boundaries and you know putting yourself into into a place where um, together in a in a dating relationship that you surround yourself with people. Um, that are going to speak positively um, into your lives, um, but in all things in your relationship, keeping your eyes on the Lord and ensuring that um, that it's not what each other's feeling, um, but it's about what is it that God's word says and says, and how are we um, building our friendship, our relationship on the word of God. Yeah. Can I uh, can I get a little bit like. Um Tough one. We preached on this a few weeks ago. Uh, we preached to, we're preaching through Corinthians. We're doing a, a series called Crazy Church, and we touched on five chapters, five, six, and seven, with uh, chapters about sexual morality. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in a very promiscuous age, um, and you know, pornography is rampant. Um, you know, and you don't even need to go to pornographic site <laughs> you can look at a billboard when you're passing it and as, as a as a single man or, or even a woman like um and getting married later on is there any gems of advice or things that you can you can give us uh from your thoughts and experiences yes um i think you've got to I mean, you're right that stuff's always there and if you don't um Pay attention and divert, then you'll get caught in that. Yeah. So if you're not serving, serve. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you're not on a team, get on a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just want to fill whatever that space is with opposite. It's true. You know. Yeah. And understand this triangle too. You know. Yeah. Stay down here. Yeah. Have lots of friends. <laughs> get lots of mates. Build if you if you're building a relationship with someone, build it right. Yeah. You know. Go out to the, to some sort of dinner with a whole lot of people. Get to know them, know them. You know. I think as well as um, what Andrew said is diverting your eyes away from it because it, it's 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 in our young people's faces all the time, and um, you know working in a high school now like these kids, our kids are seeing this stuff in their face. 24/7 because it's it's even in songs it's on YouTube it's you know TikTok it's it's everywhere and um, it's about flooding flooding our eyes and flooding our hearts and flooding our lives with the things of God um, and we have to have that as a louder voice than what the voices of the world um, even if it is in the visual you know the visual um, sense but it's seeing that. Seeing that picture, but going, that's not what I want, yeah. and and getting rid of it. To respect, to exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, a lot of us got kids going to be growing up in this world, um, uh, and you've got teenagers as well. Like, you, you don't want to overcompensate and be the overbearing parent. No, you can't go on YouTube and uh, do anything, uh, do anything, <laughs> you know, because I want to keep you right. Um, 
you know, uh, Luca just came back and uh, from school, and he 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 said some interesting words that I've never mentioned in our house. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where did you learn that word? You don't even know. It was a holy. I'll let you fill in the rest. And um, and I'm like, where in the world did you hear that? Pastor's son speaking like that. Uh, he didn't even know what it means, right? Um, what what do you like? What are your thoughts on this? Hey, that's going to happen in all of our lives, in all different. Yeah. I think. Remember what I talked about before about listening to listen? Yeah. Not to respond? So you've got to listen to listen first. Um, hear what they're saying, not necessarily the word, but be, be slow to respond when it comes to your children. Um, because God, what are you trying to tell me in this? And how am I going to take them through this? Um, Matt might want to say a bit more on this one, but I think, yeah, just be slow to respond to them because you've got an incredible moment where you can guide them, yeah. you know, yeah. not crush them. And I think for, um, you know, an example like with Luca, it's, it's, it's do you understand, asking the questions behind what they've said and what they're doing because the why to that is really important. Mm. Um, you know, do you know what you're saying? No, I don't know what I'm saying. So why are you saying that? Mm, um, and and giving them, teaching them that lesson about there's got to be a lot of things that you don't understand. But you know, it's like the jumping. We're talking about jumping off the roof. Luke has gone. You know, he's probably going to jump off a roof somewhere if I can't see where he is. But because someone else is saying that to him, but it's about teaching them um, to not just do something because someone else is saying to do yeah. it, or not just saying someone something because someone else is saying it. Um, but actually, them learning the understanding, and even with us as teen, you know, our teenagers, it brings joy to my heart. Where Caleb will say, "Oh, Mum, this popped up on my screen, but I just closed it," or you know, because that's that's something that we really worked hard with the kids in training them. If you see something that you know is not of God, mm -hmm. then just get it away. So it's always going to pop up, but it's is he going to dwell on it? Yeah, yeah. Because if he's dwelling on it then that's going to, you know, cause an impact in his life. But if he can see it and go, that's not of God, I don't want that in my life, and, and close it, mm -hmm. it's right. teaching them those lessons. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, how about technology? Like, what, what, how, how do you guys deal with technology and kids? Well. <laughs> They're not allowed on it. No, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that we've, we've always just tried to be honest with our kids. You know, we've told them what we struggled with. Mm. I think that's the first thing they need to know that they're not, you know, that they're not condemned. We struggle with it as well, you know. So they they go, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, and I say this to my kids all the time: what you give attention to grows. Mm. Yeah. What you don't give attention to goes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to write that down. <laughs> so I mean, that goes in anything in life, like it, at work. If you give attention to um, something at work, it will grow and go. Yeah. 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 What you don't, it'll fall away, you know. Yeah. Um, so at home we do the same, you know. Internet, we don't give attention to it. We, 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 you know, we, we minimise their time on it. Get them outside playing. But we also put boundaries in place. Yeah. So our kids are not allowed to have their devices in their rooms. Yeah. Um, they have to be in a public, a public space within our home. And so it's, you know, putting those boundaries in place with them being young and being tempted 
um, to protect them. And so as soon as I can see, you know, them on the couch and they turn in a certain angle and I walk yeah. past and they're like swiping, you, you know, you, you're picking up on their body language and you know, oh, hang on a second, what are you actually doing? What are you looking at? Um, it's, it's making sure that you're in that space with them and you're doing the journey with them and you're talking to them about it. Um, and at times, you know, you can, they get brain fog. Um, I don't know if your kid's ever been on, you know, a device where they come off and they're really grumpy. It's like they're hangry, but it's, it's kind of because of the technology that they've been on. Um, but it's, it's like, you know, what's going on? We talk that through with them and go, okay, time out, no more this weekend. But it's, it's about training them. But it's also about, you know, wanting them to come to us. So when Caleb has seen stuff or he's heard things um, that he doesn't understand or he's done something or he's looked at something online that because of our filter, um, we've seen that he's been looking at something that's not what he should be seeing. Um, you know, not getting angry with them, but having that conversation and going, hey mate, how, where's this from? Oh, my friends are talking about it and I didn't know what it meant. Mm. And, and then us going, well, let's talk this through. If there's something that you don't understand and you don't know, it might be a word that you've saying, but it could be something to do with pornography. Um, you know, that's the, the scope that they're looking at now and the things that they're hearing. But we want you to come and talk to us. It's not a bad thing. You need to have a conversation. We're here to guide you and teach you and give you an understanding about what these things are in life. Yeah. yeah, the difference between responding and reacting. Try and respond all the time. React is, you know, <laughs> I don't know that. I'm just one, sorry Kim, just okay, one thing. Okay. If, if you know people or you may be struggling yourself um, and you're caught in a rut, in a wrong rut, it's set, it, let's just say it's, it's habitual. To create a new habit, you just do something different for 21 days. Yeah. Like if you don't read the Bible, it's not a habit. Read the Bible for 21 days and it can become a habit. Yeah. You know, if you want to smoke, yeah. smoke for 21 days and you'll, you'll become a habitual smoker. <laughs> uh, so the opposite, you know, so just, I'm not a prayer, okay? For the next 21 days, I'm going to get up for, for 10 minutes. I'm just going to pray for 10 minutes every day. It will become a habit. Mm. So anything that's a bad habit or something that you struggle with or something even that you've wrestled with for so long, um, do, do something of God for 21 days. And the bonus to that is you've got God with you, the Holy Spirit with you, yeah. bringing healing and restoration and something new into your life in that area. Yeah, great. Really good. And, and Kim, just um, with Andrew talking about the Holy Spirit, it's, it's in the times of prayer. Um, maybe I'm not as holy and spiritual as, as Andrew is, but there's been moments when um, he'll be sitting on the couch and God will, and not even necessarily praying for the kids, but God will speak to him about something and he's like, oh, that's not right. And, um, and he'll go look in their history on their, on their iPad or their laptop and he'll see things and that's where the, the response and the conversations come in. Um, you know, it might not be something that is picked up by the internet filter, but it's really, you know, praying for your kids and being open to hear God um, about where their journey is at and what the key is because it's that God key idea that's going to set them free um, not always our reaction to what they're doing yeah, awesome. you mentioned keys um, I think 
the main thing playing on all our hearts for our children, those of us who have children, is we want to we want them to be in God. Mm. We want to be solidified. We want them to be solidified in God. From the conversations uh, I've had with you, you know, your kids are well, they're young, but they're so involved in church, and um, I'm guessing they because they're so involved, they, they love it, uh, or they you know love it because they're so involved. Um, so, what, what would you say are some some keys uh, in, in bringing up kids to make sure that they are godly? They have that revelation. Not that we can give that to them, but we can create the environment mm-hmm. that they flourish. Um, you know the scripture: train up a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> train them. Actually, um, disciple them. It's not the um, children's pastor's job to pastor them. Yours. That's good. That's good. I, I read, Natalie, we'll be in the car and I'll say, okay, kids, who am I? <laughs> I had a coat of many colours. <laughs> I'm just doing Bible stuff with them. Like, tell me about Samson. And I would tell them all these things about Samson. I'm teaching them. Yeah. It's my, I'm the father. I'm the person yeah. that should, or Natalie, she's the one that's teaching them as well about the Bible, the stories. Yeah. It's not Kim's, he's the pastor of the church, but it's not his, me. I'm the dad. If you're the dad and you're the mum, do it intentionally. Just talk about the Bible. Talk about prayer. Um, intentionally pray. We, we do communion with our kids. I've got some stories there, I'll tell you, of some things that have happened. Um, we will regularly, you know, we'll say grace and I go, okay, we're not doing the normal grace, which we all do every night for the last 24 years. Um, you're going to pray. And we're going to pray for grandma and grandpa. So I'm just teaching them to pray. They've got to learn that from us because if you've had kids, you know it goes like that real quick. So training them up, teaching them. When you do that when they're young, they're old, they won't depart from it. The sad thing about the Bible is it doesn't say anything about their teenage years. <laughs> Very good. You've got to grin and bear it. <laughs> Pray the fruit. But do the first part right. And you don't have to be perfect. Just be you. And be the parent that you are. The way you, you know, Natalie's different to me. We're different to my parents. My parents were totally different. You know, my brothers and sisters. Just be you. God's grace is on you. Yeah, he'll protect. Great. He'll do what he needs to do. And, Fantastic. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, um, yeah. And converse with them because they're learning so many things out there, like mm. the words that they say in, but they don't understand the meaning of. Um, you know, it's, it's for us to have those godly conversations um, with them about living a life of righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for us to challenge them in that space. And they're not always going to accept it and they're not always going to want it, but it's, it's about us continually um, being faithful in their lives in, mm-hmm. in bringing Jesus to the forefront of everything. Mm-hmm. And we don't always get it right, um, but it's, you know, I think... When it comes to the Word of God, and our kids are very different. Caleb has his Bible in the back seat of the car, and he drives to school and reads it to all of us. Where Jade's a totally different person; she'll, you know, give you a worship song. Um, so they all res- we all respond differently to the Lord, um, mm. and so just ex- understanding where they are in their journey as well. Mm-hmm. Family, church, and busyness. What I'm seeing now is that um, sometimes, you know, you talked about the, the 
the responsibility of parents really to train and disciple their children. Um, I feel that sometimes that doesn't it doesn't happen as much as it could because of the busyness of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm also seeing that a lot of people find church as an option, and and I think they see it as good, but life gets really busy um, as well. Um, for for us, we've just decided well, I'm a senior pastor. But even before <laughs> that, <laughs> all right, uh, I can't I can't wake up on a Sunday morning and go oh I'll go fishing instead. You know, everyone will know. Um, but, um, you know, even before that, just the way we were brought up, like this is what was important and this is the way we kind of decided, it wasn't even a conversation we had, it was just kind of like, this is the way we're going to raise it. We're going to be in church every week. Um, but I'm seeing that, hey, you know, it's become almost an optional, um, and I think that's dangerous, uh, like holistically. Uh, thoughts, guys, on how, how we manage church, family, and the busyness of life. Because our goal is, well, should be to uh, raise a godly family and, and so on if we're in that. It starts with a conversation with your partner or with your pastor or whoever. But um, the conversation is what's, prior, what's our priorities in life? You know, like it can be just with the family. You know, we've got a lot going on this week. So what's the priorities this week? Well... First one is a non-negotiable for us as a family, and that's God. So church, seek first the kingdom of God. So that's a no-brainer. Sunday, we're at church. <laughs> then we start looking at everything else, and it's called time management. You know, if you've got a busy life schedule, you've got to learn how to manage your time. You know, um, just having a diary. Um, I get in trouble for this all the time because I forget what's on today and never learn what's on tomorrow. So Nat's always putting it in the diary. She's always telling me. And, and, and the good thing about phones now is that what's on her diary is on mine. So if I get it wrong, it's my fault and I get in trouble. I think the big thing too is looking out for opportunity because um, there is always space in a busy life for us to have a conversation with our children. It could be at the dinner table, it can be in the car, you know, taking them to sport, like, you know, Saturdays are crazy for us because we're going to sport and doing whatever we're doing, but it's about you um, knowing what's important and intentionally having those conversations because if we if we become too consumed with everything that's going on around us, um, we, we aren't intentional. And um, so a lot of our conversations with our kids about God and about life, happen in the car, because life is really busy. Um, but when we're in the car, we're there and we're focused. When we're having a walk, we're there and we're focused. Um, and it's a really incredible opportunity for us, you know, talking talking to someone when you're walking um, is an incredible time to really minister to them. Um, and it, you know, I think about when I had little, our kids were little and we were pastoring our church and people wanted to see me and I had no, literally no more minutes in my day except when I was grocery shopping. And so I would say to some of our young adults, well, I don't have any time, but I'm going grocery shopping. Do you want to come with me? And we would push the trolley together and we would talk and that would be my half an hour of ministry with them. Um, and it's the same with the kids. If I feel as though I'm not having time with them, I'll, I will take them shopping with me. And that's where our conversation happens. 
But I think it's really um, about intentionality um, and what is your priority as a family. And that gets back to your question, you know, about whether church is a priority or not. Um, church is you. You're the church. So if it's a priority to you and to us, um, the passion and the sound that comes from you will be reverberated to all those that are not here. And they'll go, I want to be there because I can see what's happened in you. Because you're a team. Mm -hmm. And everyone plays their part. And if you don't, you lose the game. Yeah. And so it's, it, is, it is an intentional decision. No, we're in this together. Yeah. I've got you. I know what your love language is. I know what your passion is. I know, you know, we're doing this together. We're serving the Lord. So we're all going to be there on Sunday. That then creates momentum. That creates an excitement to all those that are on the fringe. And you'll always have people on the fringe, but it will draw them in. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Awesome. Um, COVID didn't help. No. <laughs> but it did help. It did. Yes. We can't do anything about it, but we can definitely do something about it now. Yeah. You know? I, I've, I've heard of the last, like, I don't know, a few years that, um, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of conversations about family, okay? And uh, that's good because uh, family is... is is and always has been like the building unit of society yeah. and it's used to set up the next generation but I've also heard um, you know that's that people who may be single for a time or, um, or you know decidedly single for a lifetime uh, feel almost a little bit disenfranchised in, in church um, and or people who have um, maybe divorced or, or even widowed or widower um, how, how can, any thoughts on creating a culture that is welcoming, because everyone's welcome to the house of God, mm -hmm. right? I even had one lady come in like ages ago, and she just said to me, are you, she was a single uh, lady, she, she's not in our church, uh, she didn't come back, but um, she goes, are you, are you guys only for families, or are you, and I'm like, the fact that you even have to ask that, suggests that perhaps you've been to a few places where that you didn't feel that you belong. Um, so any thoughts around that, Andrew? Like, we want to be like, you know, you, you, you said we are loving church, and mm. uh, we certainly want to keep that up and, um, and be just welcoming to anyone <coughs> who would walk through the door. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think, you know, as a church, you can intentionally um, stop and brainstorm that one. So, like, if you want to be a multicultural church, which you are, you're, you're a multicultural church, or multinational, probably yeah. a better word to say, because mm -hmm. you're from all different nationalities. If you want to be intentional, okay, what do we need to make, what do we need to do to make um, people outside when they walk in see that? Mm -hmm. Well, we make sure that we've got all different nationalities on the stage, not just all white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because people who, um, <laughs> people who are, um, um, of another nation come in and they see someone else on there, they go instantly, oh, this is a embracing church. Yeah. You're intentional about it. So with single people or people that um, are not married, you are intentional with programs or life groups or something. They're on stage. You've got to do things intentionally to portray that and to, you know, if you want to have um, a young adult Ministry in your church. What are you doing about it now? Mm. 
or we're meeting once a year. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> Next year, do twice. Three times. If you want to have a seniors ministry, what are you doing now? What's something have you, you know, you're addressing that issue. You, you're not just, oh, well, we'll do something later on. Um, and you've got to do that together. So when you see a problem, most times God's given you the answer. You're the answer. Yeah. Or you're a part of it. Um, because you're part of the family, you're part of the team. So go to Kim and say, Kim, I've got this thought and idea. Um, might not be for this year, but might be for next year. Then start planning and dreaming. Cool. Two more questions and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, keys to a strong marriage relationship. Oh. <laughs> what was that? Keys to a strong marriage relationship. Can I say one one word? Forgiveness. Nat's always forgiven me. <laughs> I think that's that's a, that's a smart man right there. <laughs> that could have gone two ways. Yeah, I could have for it. Don't think you hold too big. It's the little things, not the big things. It's the, I'm not going to make you a cup of tea. It's a little thing, but it can drive a wedge. Mm. I love Natalie because I love her. Marriage is not about me. It's about her. The more, it's sowing and reaping. The more I do for her, the more I make, the more I get back. And I'm not being selfish, but I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah. Thoughts, Natalie? I think communication is really important, um, you know, and with that honesty. Um, but being honest in a way that is not destructive to who Andrew is or who your partner is as a person. Um, Andrew was saying it's the little things. When we um, did our marriage counselling, um, the, the pastors that we did it with spoke about the little grains of sand. And um, if you're a fisherman, which I was not before I got married to Andrew, I was not a fisherwoman, never caught a fish probably in my life, maybe a tiny little one. But um, when, you, when you're working with rope, if sand gets into rope, after a long period of time, those little grains of sand actually wear away at the rope and the rope will snap. Mm. And um, so if you don't clean that sand, out of your rope when you, you know, all that salt out of your rope um, when you're at the beach or you've been fishing, um, it, it is going to eventually snap. And so it's making sure that those little grains of sand are being washed out and cleaned and communicated and worked through um, because those are the things that you don't always see um, until something goes snap. Yeah. It's the things that annoy you. Might frustrate you a little bit, but if you never talk about it, that's yeah. And um, a really a, a little thing, but a big thing for me was when we first got married. Andrew used to leave his clothes all on the floor. The wash basket was right there, okay. And um, apparently, you couldn't put the stuff in the basket. But I was, <laughs> I am not as a perfectionist as I was then. But I was, I was a neat freak, like I'd spend hours on a Saturday um, cleaning our house and, and I just, it, literally, 
we, I had to contact, this is something, I just couldn't deal with it. And I actually had to contact uh, the people who did marriage counselling with us and say, I don't know what to do about this because Andrew's not listening to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and really, I couldn't cope. My, my um, perfectionism couldn't cope with it. Um, and so I had to come up with a plan on how I was going to fix him. No. Um, <laughs> And let me say this, like she said, said to me, Andrew, you always do this. And my love language is words of affirmation. So I felt like I wasn't loved. Yeah. It wasn't always, it was sometimes. It was, but even just that, um, I, I can be quite sharp with my tongue. Um, hey, Al. Um, but, but, but I had to learn... And I've had to teach myself um, in, in some of the things, just in those defining words of you always do this or that's, you know, it's not about always, it's sometimes you do this. But I, we had to come up with a plan. Like it, might, like it might seem all ridiculous to you and it was ridiculous to Andrew, but to me it was just something I couldn't cope with. Um, and so it was that little, that little thing um, that really, really did upset me. So we got a chair in the corner of the room and he put all his clothes on the chair and it didn't go on the floor and then on a Saturday all the clothes just went into the basket. But even though that seems so ridiculous, it's something that if we had not done something about it, um, it, it could have caused a huge issue because I felt as though he was not listening. He wasn't hearing me. Um, and, it, and it is a really silly example, but there's other things in all of our lives um, that are important to us that might not be important to the other person. And so communicating that with each other and working through, even though it was so ridiculous to him, um, we still had to get a, to a place where we had to work. On now, I'm picking up all her clothes off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so last, the final one, and we probably already touched on this, but uh, conflict, conflict resolution. Um, any final thoughts on, on that? She's always right. Conflict resolution. Um, I think for us, we've always found that we're both very strong. Um, and we're both strong with our opinions. But we've found that when we come to each other with solutions, rather than opinions, and then we're able to work through some of those solutions with, within the conflict. You know that what I said before, it's better to respond than react. Mm -hmm. Responding is coming with some thoughts, ideas, you know, on, on a way forward with a problem. Um, and allowing that person to choose some of those things that you suggest. They can come back with some of their own solutions. So you can start working through conflict together. But I think, you know, that and then definitely talking about it. Mm -hmm. When you don't talk about conflict, Gross. But even when you are talking about it, it's it's how you talk about it. Um, because you can talk about it and you can say things to attack who that person is as a person. Um, and that's not how conflict is resolved. Um, it's about when you do this or when this happened, I felt as mm. though it's not like you are X, Y, and Z. It's... Um, in that circumstance, I felt, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z. 
um, and you're not attacking, you know, it's, it's about not attacking the person, but it's about attacking the problem and, and wrestling with that problem together. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it can be a behaviour, it can just be um, a circumstance that's in front of you that you don't agree on. Um, it could be an opinion about, you know, another person or how it's meant to be done, like how are you, you know, or where you're meant to put your washing. You know, it's um, it's coming up, but it's not about attacking the person. It's about attacking the problem or the behaviour um, or the thing that's in front of you. One of the things we've learnt in resolving conflict is actually relaying to the other person how you think they feel. So, Natalie, um, get me if I'm right, but you're feeling this and you're thinking this and I'm then responding to work it out and she can do the same back to me. That actually helps sometimes with resolving conflict because you're actually trying to understand what they're frustrated or hurt or um, sensitive about. And honestly, we don't get it right, um, but we work at it together. You know, there's times where I can be really frustrated and angry with Andrew or whatever he's doing that I just need time out. So I need to say, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I just need to sort out my own space. And, um, but we are going to talk about it. Mm. And that's the important thing is that, you know, God says to us, don't, you know, don't let the sun go down um, on your wrath. And it, it's really important that we, we do come back to a place where we can communicate, we can work through a solution, but we come back to that first word that Andrew said, um, before it's forgiveness, um, you know, it's coming all the way to the place where we're bringing it before the Lord, we're forgiving each other, um, and confessing our sins to Him because, you know, it's it's my anger that could have been my sin in that circumstance, and so confessing the sins and and, and going through a prayer with the Lord um, is really important to bring restoration in your conflict. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your time. Um, so we have gone longer than we anticipated, but uh, we had some great uh, worship and ministry time this morning. So time kind of elongated, and I didn't want to miss the the conversations. Uh, I think that's really valuable. All right. So the rest of the time, uh, we've got all sorts of. We have lunch coming up at twelve. We've got free time till then, and after then, uh, we we might just push push lunch back to twelve fifteen. Are you sure? Yeah, because it's 11.32 now. Okay, all right. No worries. Because <laughs> people actually...